this is an over 30 year conversation. And I think now there's more of a bipartisan um, decision that we do need to eliminate um, sales tax off of groceries, but I think the question is how. Welcome in, kiddos. This is another fantastic week. Your favorite political podcast, Alabama Politics This Week, with Josh Moon and David Person. How are you, David? Man, I'm good. It's, um, you know, this is a very interesting week. Our, our country is, um, is um, you know, facing, uh, you know, we faced a lot of unprecedented things this week. Um, or I shouldn't say a lot, but some significant unprecedented mm-hmm. things and and as i've noted in a column that i think is going to run tomorrow uh on uh, the apr website there's an interesting juxtaposition of um you know uh what what uh what april the 4th has meant to many of us meaning the assassination of dr king yeah. and what is now going to mean for many other people which is the indictment of donald trump it's uh sort of sort of weird you know yeah, weird. Yeah, it is. Uh, it is a, it is a weird juxtaposition. I, you know, and it that's a good uh, that's a good little uh, little segue into uh, we were going to open up and talk about Trump uh, and the indictment. And um, uh, now, mm-hmm. let me just first see. You know, what what do you think? I mean, have you have you read the the indictment and uh, you know followed a lot of the the coverage of this, or you know, what do you think overall of the, of that indictment? Yeah, well, uh, <clears throat> you know, my position has always been that. Of the, of all of the things that Trump is facing, this is the one that, uh, while it is certainly, uh, I think it's clear what happened, um, it is probably the least consequential of of all of the things. Yeah. Yet, yet as the as the Attorney General uh, for, um, I'm sorry, not the Attorney General, but the Manhattan District Attorney said um, in his press conference earlier this week. <clears throat> there's a clear violation of the law here. And that's what I think it's easy for people to forget. I hear a lot of people saying, you know, well, you know, in the grand scheme of things, you know, is it really that bad? You know, is it really, mm-hmm. is it really, does it really require this much uh, focus and energy? And I would say, well, if you think about uh, the impeachment of Bill Clinton and what that was about, mm-hmm. it's essentially the same thing, you know, it, it, it it, at its essence, meaning you had a, a powerful man who lied, you know, and tried to cover up, of course, in different ways, which is which is part of Trump's dilemma, but in different ways, mm-hmm. tried to cover up, you know, sexual impropriety. So, um, you know. Yeah, if if you can if you can impeach a president over lying about it, then you sure as heck mm-hmm. ought to be able to, you know, especially when it's in clear violation of state law, prosecute a former president over trying to, uh, you know, violation of of state laws and trying to cover that up. Yeah, I I agree. Uh, I agree that the um, on on all those accounts that you should uh, you know I don't care who you are you ought to be held accountable for things. I was perfectly fine with them holding Clinton accountable. I was perfectly fine with them. You know, there's been Democrats that get in trouble. Uh, mm-hmm. There are a couple in there right now uh, in Congress that uh, that I think ought to be in jail. Uh, yeah. You know, and I don't have any problem telling you it, this is this is my mm-hmm. whole one one of my major issues with this 
Trump cult is, is that they have to, uh, you know, follow him no matter what. He has to be innocent. He's almost like a, a, a WWE hero uh, to, to a lot of these people here where this man, you're not related to this dude. You know, this, this man is not in your family. Stop it. You know what I mean? No, you ain't got to. You ain't got to go go to the mat for this guy. He, he's just a politician at this point. You know, and before that, right. he was a blowhard New York liberal right. that ever most of you would have hated. Uh, you know, and so stop it. There's no reason mm. to to follow this man down this rabbit hole of just filth. And and that I mean, cause that family. I said I think I said on Twitter that you've just indicted the head of a crime family. It's a really stupid, mm. stupid crime family that can't do crime very well, but it's still a crime family. I mean, with, with Don Jr. posting pictures of the judge's daughter, uh, you right. know, the, the right. encouraging the threats to the different people, uh, going after them and intimidating them and talking about their families and stuff. It's it's atrocious. And it's the same thing that they've done with, with Hunter Biden and Joe Biden, um, mm. you know, where they've used uh, a man's previous drug problems. Uh, which we all know people who've had drug issues in the past. And and to yes. use that now and yes. bring that out and, and have these things go on as though it's some sort of nefarious, oh, we've got you, we've got Hunter's laptop. And it's, you know, and it's just so you're just applying pressure to a person that you already know has struggled through life uh, and that Joe Biden has not hidden, uh, you know, this, this about, uh, about his son. And so, you know, it's just watching the Trump people, though, do this and, and follow this man uh, is it's really sickening to, to watch them do it. And because you're right, we know from the facts of this, I'll tell you what to me makes it a, a pretty strong case okay. is that you already have two people who have gone down for some portion of this. Uh, yes. yeah, one, the, the most famous being Michael Cohen, his his attorney, mm-hmm. uh, the guy that was at the center of this, who's provided all of the information to these people about the conversations. And I guarantee you there's a there's a recording somewhere of Trump saying something. I guarantee you there are documents that, that outline what, exactly what went down in this. And I guarantee you that mm-hmm. they have the testimony of Michael Cohen uh, that that outlines exactly what what took place and and why it's a crime. Otherwise, there's no mm-hmm. way that I don't care. I, he could be the head of the Democratic Party, uh, Bragg, could be the head of the Democratic Party. He would not dare risk indicting Donald Trump unless he had all of these boxes ticked. And I think that's the reason why it took so long to get to this is because he wanted to make sure that they went through the Cohen deal, they went through these other processes, and they had all of these things lined up and in order, and they had all the testimony laid out. A common person would have been dealing with this thing, uh, working on a plea deal a year and a half ago. You know, because that's how fast mm. they would have gone after him uh, because they wouldn't have mm. wouldn't have worried about putting everything in order because it wasn't going to be such a media spectacle. Uh, but, right. you know, it, it takes a little while longer when you're chasing down a former president uh, who broke the law. And, you know, I'll remind you uh, that when people say, well, it's a former president. I mean, and we're talking about what a bunch of you know, misdemeanors that may elevate to a felony if there's a corresponding separate charge in there. I mean, what do we do? You know, I mean, hey, this is the same dude that took out a full page ad to try to mm-hmm. get the electric Thank chair you. 
to a bunch of kids that didn't do a damn thing. All right. That's right. Uh, This is uh, the guy that stopped a lot of uh, the Obama releases of people. Now, I know he went with he he went along with Kim Kardashian on a couple of releases of folks Mm -hmm. in prison, and he should be commended for that. Uh, But at the same time, Mm -hmm. he also stopped a lot of the release of folks for for drug offenses and nonviolent offenses that were taking place as well. And so we want to talk about what's more detrimental. Uh, you know, making Ill, you're doing yeah. illegal business practices or having having a little bit of marijuana around or maybe even a lot of marijuana around for that matter. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, you know, come on. And that's, you know, and so if you're going to hold people accountable in this country, you hold everybody accountable. OK, well, and I think that's the that's the bottom line. I mean, you can't, you know, for people who try to diminish it. OK, in the grand scheme of things, is it the worst thing in the world that he's done? You know, has it been done by, you know, probably thousands and thousands of men with resources and means and power? Mm-hmm. Of course it has. And of course, it's not the worst thing he could have done. But that doesn't at all negate the fact that he broke the law. Yeah. It doesn't at all negate the fact <clears throat> that he did what he did to ensure uh, that he had the best possible chance of winning uh, the presidential election in 2016. And, uh, and so, you know, it, um, I think it definitely is something that has to be prosecuted. Yeah. It has to be. Yeah. And, and we'll just see what happens, you know, uh, we'll see whether or not, um, you know, he'll be convicted and then what happens after that, but you got to prosecute. Absolutely, you do. Absolutely. And I'm, I'm interested to see what may also happen, you know, out of the case in Georgia eventually at some mm-hmm. point. Uh, and, you know, and some other things, uh, I'm, I'm, which is much, a much stronger. Yes, case. it is. And and I'll say this as well. Probably the most significant legal thing that happened this week in relationship to Trump was the federal judge ruling uh, that administration officials, his administration officials could be compelled to testify uh, to in the January mm-hmm. 6th. Uh, investigation. And so now Jack Smith, who for some reason Trump keeps suggesting has changed his name from something else to Jack Smith. And that's not really his name. And it's the dumbest thing ever. There are stories dating back to when the guy was in high school, uh, you know, and and playing uh, lacrosse and football. What are you what are you talking about? I mean, it's so yeah. it's so knows? dumb, man. That's what I'm saying. It's it's a, it's, yeah. a, it's a crime family. It's just a really stupid crime family. Um, and and you know, you brought up Bill Clinton. I'll tell you this. I I, I would I, mean, I wrote a column saying, you know, if you're in Alabama and you're a lawmaker in Alabama, then we already know pretty much how you feel about this, and that you're all for prosecuting Donald Trump for these crimes because there are they're basically a lot of the same stuff that you went to the mat impeaching uh, Robert Bentley over. And that you were happy, uh, you know, all of our congressmen that called this a witch hunt and uh, atrocious use of the Department of Justice and all this. um, All of those guys, all of them were on board with Robert Bentley being charged uh, with some misdemeanors and and resigning from office. They all thought it was the right move. They all thought it was a good way to go. Uh, But now all of a sudden it's it's. You know, something completely different. But when Robert Bentley did exactly the same thing, he used taxpayer dollars in a way uh, that he should not have uh, to try to cover up an affair that he was having. And, Mm -hmm. you know, and he got caught and ended up resigning over, I think it was two misdemeanor charges. It was the plea agreement. Uh, it was going to be a fe- some felonies. I think he was charged with four felonies originally, uh, and then he entered a plea agreement, which included his resignation from office, and and and, and you know bowed out. And so, 
it's it's essentially the same deal. He, they were trying they illegally used monies and processes to to cover up what they were doing with another woman. I mean, it's just yeah. and, and when you pointed that out in your column, uh, you know, first of all, I was glad that you had um, <clears throat> you'd pointed that out because I think uh, it's. You know, I, I have to confess, I didn't even think about that. That didn't even, it didn't occur to me to connect the dots in that way. So I applaud you for doing that column and for making that connection. Um, and you're right. It, it, it points to, I think, hypocrisy. Mm-hmm. And it also points to fluidity. And that's a real problem, as we know, in politics, where people just kind of, they go with the flow of what works for them. Yeah. You know, as opposed to, you know, being principled and saying if it was wrong for Robert Bentley, you know, then it should be wrong for Donald Trump. You know, well, Robert Bentley is an easy guy to kick around. Yeah. I mean, that was just a a really I mean, you talk about <laughs> incompetence in a scandal. <laughs> I mean, that was just, you know, he was kicked. He's basically kicked in the nuts by his own wife. Yeah. I mean, you know, you know, which is, which is a real, uh, you know, I mean, it's a sad situation for their family. Yes. But, but, you know, from a political standpoint, you're like, wow, he really just, how, how, how do you bungle that? He has no, he had no savvy about how to have an affair yeah, or anything. God. If your wife is going to catch you like that, you know, so... and not, not that we endorse having affairs. So I don't endorse that, yeah. but it was just, it's just kind of rubbish behavior. Right. Yeah. It was, uh, uh, but well, anyway. it was, it was, it was honestly, I, 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 I hate to admit this, but it was one okay. of my favorite times in Alabama politics. All right. It was because all of it was so absurd. It was so absurd and hilarious to watch this unfold. First of all, you had a guy that essentially got busted because, like all of America, he had no idea how the cloud works. Okay, and he had no what goes into the cloud, what comes out of the cloud. He had no he had no idea that the messages when he was sending them were also showing up on the iPad. Uh, you know, and so that led to the whole thing. And then he got recorded by his wife, who just left her phone behind to you know to record. This conversation and it just oh it was so dumb the whole day. and then him denying it all the way through even though we had recordings of him talking about it and it was just yeah. oh god it was so such a stupid thing but yeah you're you're 100 right it, it is the you know hypocrisy that we're we all are kind of used to at this point uh you know of, of people that say that do this and what gets me man is is it so we record everything now. We have a record of everything. Everything is audio or, or in most cases, yeah. video of people saying these things. And it's still like none of it mm. matters. I mean, it's not like the 1700s, you know, where where somebody could just say some crazy shit mm. one day and then come back the next day and be like, I, didn't, I never said that. And you'd have no record of it, you know, but uh, it's, it's yeah. nuts. Well, it tells you a lot about, tells you a lot about human nature. I mean, we, we are certainly uh, a species that that mm-hmm. you know when we're caught up in our moment, we're caught up, man, and we don't. It's almost like, and this is especially true for us men, I think, <laughs> when it comes to sex and money. Yeah. You know, with men and sex and money, man, no, no, yeah. we don't. And think then we defend it, brains, you know. You know, we defend it yeah. in the way that we Shaggy suggested. Uh, so you know, we just we just deny it wasn't me. So now go go on and uh, go on and, and spell out the shaggy. It wasn't reference. me. 
It wasn't me. <laughs> Got it on camera. It wasn't me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, We're banging yeah, on the yeah, counter. Yeah, yeah. Wasn't me. Wasn't yeah, me. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's a there's a there's an old there's an old axiom uh, that I heard uh, 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 an, uh, an old time preacher uh, said to a group of other preachers. He said, "Well, let, let me just I, I, let me say it in, in the form of a story because that's that's really better than focusing on the axiom part." He was talking to a a bunch of preachers and he said, uh, "He said, brethren, they're dropping like flies." Yeah, dropping like flies. He said, I don't care what happens. Deny, <laughs> deny, <laughs> deny. <laughs> uh, that's perfect. That's perfect. I'll tell you, remind me, I'll tell you, I'll tell you a funny joke uh, when we get finished doing this. Uh, so, uh, but uh, you're right, though. I mean, it's, it's uh, you know, people, they, they just, they just say whatever. And, and I am reminded, I don't know if we talked about this or not, but there was a story a couple of weeks ago about Gary Palmer. Uh, who had decided he was going no. to, he's going to remain in Congress uh, and not as he had promised people. Uh, mm. I, I believe he said he would serve, he would only serve five terms, which is 10 years. Uh, and then he would, he was going to, he was out. He's not going to be a lifer. Well, he's going to go into his sixth term. And, mm. and he blamed God for this. And he's mm. like, well, well, listen, oh. when, when I, uh, oh, when I, when I said that, when I made that pledge on stage in front of a, a lot of people, um, I did not have a conversation with God at that point uh, about this. And now I have, and God wants me to continue to stay there. Uh, and so I'm just going to keep doing it. Yeah. it's uh, oh, Which I, honestly me. really pisses me off because, yeah. you know, of all the things you could ask God about, that's what you, that's what you chose. I mean, you, you had a straight direct line and, and you chose mm. that one. Uh, but I, I, you know, that's so weak. It just, that's just weak. I know, man. Well, and you know, I, we're, apparently, this is a good segue day because that's uh, th- this is Gary Palmer uh, in, in a nutshell. Uh, he also this week brought a lot of attention and heat on himself uh, with comments that he made uh, during a congressional hearing uh, with the D.C. public schools officials in which he called uh, D.C. public schools inmate factories, um, oh, which yeah. was one of the more uh, racist and offensive things that I've ever heard anybody say about public school children. Uh, not to mention, it was just plain stupid because the he then went immediately on to cite information that said uh, the that students that, that dropped out of D.C. public schools had a 60% or greater incarceration rate. Well, then that would seem to indicate that D.C. public schools is the exact opposite. Yeah. Of inmate factories because, because they stay outs. in school. Right. Yeah, they're dropping out of the schools right. and they're and they're being arrested. If they stay in the schools, then they're not. And, and and it just it's so. First of all, you're dude. You're from Alabama. You know who who schools are you questioning? You know, I mean, yeah. whose whose educational policies are are you calling into question at this point? I guarantee you, we could go around Palmer's district. Uh, and we could find some schools that are worse than than the ones in D.C. Mm-hmm. Uh, that have worse outcomes um, and, and are, are far worse funded uh, than, than those schools in D.C. And don't deal with near the, the social issues and crime issues that the schools in D.C. deal with. Uh, so it's just it's just, you well, know, it's just a person with this being an ass is all it is. Well, I you know, um and I, I agree with that sentiment. And I and I will say this. Um, 
it's particularly offensive to me. Well, it's offensive for a lot of reasons, but but it's particularly offensive to me because a you're talking about children. You're talking mm-hmm. about children fundamentally. Yeah. And to and to uh label blindly and with a big huge blanket to label, you know, a huge group of kids in that way is just it shows me that you really don't need to be in public service because you don't have a, mm-hmm. uh, a sympathy or, an, or a level of empathy for people. And then the other thing that is offensive to me about this is you're saying this as a member of Congress. We all know D.C. does not. I mean, D.C. does have elected leadership, but the body that actually controls D.C. the most is the U.S. Congress. Yeah, so if, he's in. if you think that that's that, that huge a problem with the D.C. schools, then why the heck aren't you doing something about it? Why don't you why don't you, uh, you know, use your leverage as a congressperson, you know, since you don't you don't want D.C. to, to be a state. You don't want it to have self rule. You know, you want to control it. So then control it. Do something about it if that's what it is. You know, that's well, that you. would be hard. That'd be hard. That'd be time consuming. That'd be time away from, you know, golf courses and things like things like that. Junkets. Uh, if you actually, yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, fundraisers, yeah. uh, free meals and, uh, you know, pats on the back from lobbyists. And, um, you know, it's, uh, it's hard to do something. Yeah. You know, it is. It, and, and really, you know, the Republicans of this day and age have proven that you don't really need to do anything. Yeah. You just sit back, criticize what's going on, what other people are trying to do. And that can be your job. You can you can do that and never have an idea. They haven't had a platform in years. They don't have they have no idea of how to govern yeah. at all. They have no policies. They have no suggestions on every hard topic. They are lost. Healthcare, They're lost. Crime. They're lost. Uh, they have no idea how to do any of these things. So, uh, you know, they all they do is talk about the Second Amendment, uh, funding the military, and then criticizing. Mm-hmm. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's the that's their governing mentality, and that's exactly the way Palmer is approaching D.C. schools. He has no idea of the underlying social issues or economic issues that affect D.C. schools and what's going on there. He has no interest in talking to the superintendent privately and, and having a discussion with him about what is what's causing some of these problems. Why do they have a, a high dropout rate? Why what what's what's leading into that? How can we fix it? What suggestions are there on the table uh, to do these things? What sort of funding could we provide, or could, maybe not even additional funding, but a shifting of funding? Funding in some way that that could alleviate some of these issues that you're facing. Uh, you know, he didn't do that because if you do that, you don't get a Fox News stand up because you went on and challenged right. the liberal superintendent of D.C. schools on uh, these inmate factories, you know, right. and that's more important. That's more important to Gary Palmer than actually having kids learn yeah. And, yeah. And, and be productive citizens in society. It's, 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 it's better for him if, they, uh, if, they, if there are uh, high incarceration rates mm-hmm. of, of children um, and, and high dropout rates in a liberal city like, like D.C., mm-hmm. you know, it, because he get, then gets to throw shit against the wall and, uh, and get, get himself on camera and, and, you know, earn some votes. Yeah, yeah, earn some votes from people who uh, already probably have the same opinion that he has about D.C. schools and what is implied with this, which is what you were referencing earlier when you talked about it being racist because Mm -hmm. the D.C. schools are predominantly uh, 
populated by black children. So, you know, <clears throat> it's uh it's the same reprehensible playbook that Republicans have been uh Republicans have been working out of uh for the past few decades and and you know, to be fair, it's the same reprehensible playbook that you know, Strom Thurmond and and George Wallace and and some Democrats in the past were working out yep. of. You know, it just it never it, you know the use the 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 use of of black people, and I think in particular, in particular, even though they use others as well, but the use of black people mm-hmm. in particular in this country for political expediency is always in the playbook for somebody to use. Always. Yep. Yep. It's uh, it never it never changes. It never goes away. It's the old tried and true thing. You can always count on the racism. Yep. If you can't count on anything else, just go just lean into the racism. If you're on that side of the aisle uh, and you're, you're right about the you know, it's at, at one point it was Democrats. You know, now it's Republicans. Mm-hmm. I mean, but they're all racist and racist. It doesn't matter. You're always a racist if you're it doesn't matter what tag you, yeah. you put on yourself other than that. So, so let me before right. we yeah, go before ahead. we shift gears, I got to shout you out. Got to shout you out. Oh, okay. Um, <clears throat> you did a Facebook post uh, that compared, oh, that juxtaposed uh, Angel Reese and Caitlin, uh, what's her name? Caitlin Carter, I think it is. Caitlin Clark. Clark, Clark. Caitlin right, Clark. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, that juxtaposed, the, the and, and for those of you who don't follow NCAA women's basketball, uh, Caitlin Clark is the phenomenal shooting guard well she's probably a shooting and point guard really uh for iowa university of iowa she's a phenomenal basketball player uh that juxtaposed her sort of uh i would call it very assertive aggressive behavior uh with that of um of the young lady from lsu angel reese a black young lady um who was the leader of her team, and and she was, of course, doing the same thing that Caitlin Clark was doing, uh, and people were were lauding Caitlin Clark as being this, you know, like the second coming of Larry Bird, and she, mm-hmm. and I mean, she really is that good. That I don't think that's man. a an appropriate comparison. Uh, but then when Angel Reese, you know, uh, is doing what she's doing, then people are saying it's unsportsmanlike and so forth. And I and I have to pump you up because you did an excellent Facebook post on that, juxtaposing the two and pointing out the hypocrisy and the racism in it. And when I shared that on my page, hmm. man, it got so many responses. Oh really? Oh yeah, I'm really? surprised. Yeah. Well, I tagged you. You probably just you probably hate well, so many. You probably just missed it, but. But man, I'm telling you, it got so many responses. I mean, literally, you know, a few probably when you combine the 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 uh, the likes Mm -hmm. with the comments, it's probably a couple hundred, couple maybe more. Oh, I mean, it was a lot of responses, man. Yeah, that thing kind of, uh, you, you mentioned that uh, I got a lot of responses. That, that thing kind of took off a little bit. So it was shared, I want to say roughly, I think now we're we're up to close to about 5,000 shares. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
uh, of that thing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I, I don't know how many comments are on, uh, on that page. Uh, I know the likes and stuff were up, uh, up around three or 4,000 as mm-hmm. well. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it, uh, it, it obviously got, kind of touched the nerve of a lot of people. And I pr- first of all, thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you. It's, um, um, and you'll like this. I, 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 I said that you were, uh, one of my favorite white guys, at least top 10. <laughs> <laughs> Sliding into the top ten, yes, yes. I've been working on, it. been working on getting into the top ten. Davis top ten, um, yeah, uh, right behind Dale Jackson, I'm sure. Uh, but that's uh, <laughs> uh, right, right behind Dale Jackson, still way behind K. Uh, but um, you know, at least I'm in there. At least I'm in there. Uh, no, it's uh, you, you know, it is. It's yeah. Uh, yeah. I've seen it. I've seen it. I covered sports for a long time mm-hmm. for the Montgomery Advertiser, and you know, and you see it a lot with with kids that you know, it's uh, he, he play plays the game the right way, and mm-hmm. you know, and always oh, a gritty gritty player. Mm-hmm. You know, he's a gritty gritty guy. You know, he really gets in there. He'll really mix it up with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, where then then uh, all of a sudden somebody doing the same plays is yeah, he's a showboat. Mm-hmm. You know, he's just a showboating kid. You can't you're. You know, he's not a team player. Um, you know, he's just out there for himself. Uh, you know, and it's just, honestly, I'll tell you where, where I first noticed it. Uh, I mean, just was slapped you in the face, noticed it. And that's with, with everything that surrounded Cam Newton. Everything about Cam Newton was selfish, mm. uh, disregard. Mm. I, you know, I, I read a story about Cam Newton being this selfish me, me, me player. As I was sitting at an elementary school watching Cam Newton talk to children, at the school that he went to because he was in early education uh, classes at Auburn. That's what he loved. He loved messing with those mm-hmm. kids and playing around with them, which they carried over in the NFL. We would always find a kid in the stands to give touchdown balls to. Um, but, you know, and I, I just remember mm-hmm. thinking, I mean, here's this guy over here at, at that at that particular moment uh, that I was talking about. He was over there messing around with uh, some special needs kids, uh, you know, and and just spending time. I mean, he wasn't even, wasn't even really for the class. but uh, And it just – you know, it just struck me as how quickly people are 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 so willing to jump in and and criticize a black athlete uh, for being selfish, for being self involved, yeah. for being self centered, uh, because they don't celebrate the way you know we expect them to celebrate. I guess uh, you know, or or they 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 show their excitement and their joy in a different way than that. And I mean, as I mentioned, I think in the post, I mean, that's really the reason why a lot of those uh, uh, celebration penalties were implemented to begin with. It was because they, you know, they didn't want that. You know, they're out there just doing uh, your crazy dances and all of this. Look at those guys. I mean, it's just a you know, and just a bunch of stuffy old white dudes that uh, you know were upset that. You know the the guy these these black dudes were better than them. Honestly, it's all it is. It's that you're upset well, that they're better. Well, I think that uh, I think you're right. That has a lot to do with it. I also think there's another another piece to this though, <clears throat> um, and that is that um, you know um, a key component of white supremacy is the concept of assimilation. And so it is strongly believed that black people who assimilate are okay. Yeah. Yeah. But if you don't assimilate for some reason, if you, you know, and I think a great example is, is the celebrations that you're talking about where, and and I think it's kind of interesting to me as, as somebody who's an armchair uh, anthropologist, 
Um, if you look at the celebrating that happens with a lot of sports mm-hmm. and also the some of the uh, what I would call uh, um, ecstatic sort of uh, religious expressions in church and some Pentecostal churches and other mm-hmm. churches, it looks a whole lot like what you see yeah. tribes doing in Africa. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a direct correlation. I mean, there's a cultural correlation there. Um, and, and so it's not assimilating, you know, yeah. uh, anytime we do something different, you know, we're, we're tattooed up or whatever it is that's different. It's not assimilating. Mm-hmm. And, and, it, and it's not, in other words, it's not conceding to the supremacy of white American culture or acceding to the supremacy of European culture. And if you think I'm, and if you think I'm just talking smack, you, you you think about some of the things that you've heard through the years from people like Pat Buchanan and some others. You know, going way back, you know, to the '90s. Now '90 '90s politics, and and what you hear in threads of what Trump says and what DeSantis says, it's all about assimilation and acceding to white supremacy. It is. Um, and, and you're right about uh, a lot of that, you know, and uh, it, you know, for years I fought against this, um, cause you should do radio uh, in, in Montgomery as well, uh, sports radio for, for a long time. And, and there was, there were always these discussions uh, around um, cause I, I love the NBA. I love basketball. Um, and, and, you know, there was, when I first started doing that, it was kind of on the tail end of this idea. And I guess maybe some people still have it uh, in, in this state of that. The NBA is full of thugs, full of thugs. All oh, these thugs are, you know, they are getting arrested and smoking weed and doing, mm-hmm. you know, beating up women and doing these things. And it was it was bullshit. It was it was it was nonsense. And what it really all kind of tied mm-hmm. back to uh, was the fact that. You could see the NBA players up close and you knew that they were black, that they were black. They had tattoos in some cases. They were big dudes. Uh, in a lot of cases, they were very brash individuals that were not shy about because uh, you couldn't you can't be shy in, in the NBA. You can't be you can't be a timid guy. You're getting alive with the from the Kevin Garnett's and the Larry Bird's out there, by the way, uh, that are that are talking trash constantly to you. And and so. That that carries over, it, it, and racism plays a, a major role in how they thought of it. And I so I started making comparisons uh, to the arrest records in the NBA and in the United States Congress, and there was no comparison, my man. There was none <laughs> at all uh, on a scale. I mean, it didn't matter how you did it, numbers wise or percentage wise, there was no comparison uh, to uh, mm. to a lot of those things. And uh, and it just and, and then the celebration stuff was the same way. You remember the NFL used to have these celebration rules that were so strict because uh, we just want these guys to act like they've been there before, you know, sort of stuff. And uh, and then they started allowing. For the celebrations, for the orchestrated celebrations, and you see them a lot now. People love them; they love them, and everybody's participating. The white guys, the black guys, you know, yeah. and they think it's the greatest That's thing right. that you've ever seen. Because a lot of them are hilarious when they all get into a into a boat and row yeah. themselves, you know, somewhere. I mean, it's just you know, or they bowl right. the ball and everybody <laughs> falls down, and it's just yeah, you know, it's it's hilarious, yeah. and yeah. and it's. And it's really bonding. It is. It's, it's it, is. it is a lot it's of that. And, 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 and I mean, it's just, it took us so long to get to this point 
to get over these stupid uh, racial stereotypes and racial ideas uh, about these things and just accept people for who they are. And that was my whole argument was, why do you care? If you don't want to watch him celebrate, don't watch him celebrate. I mean, it's just, exactly. why do you care? If that man has just scored an NFL touchdown. Do you know how rare that is? You know how many people have mm. done that percentage-wise in America? Not many, man. Let that man celebrate. If he wants to run up in the stands and buy himself a beer and watch the rest of the game up there, let him do it. I mean, <laughs> come on. Ah. <sighs> I know, yeah. man. It's just, uh, it, yeah. it, it is so exhausting. But yeah, I mean. Uh, yeah, but props to you, man. Well, Seriously, props to you for what you did. And and I'm glad that, it, that it's that it been shared as much as it has. Major props to you. Well, John. thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I, uh, we, uh, you know, we, we aim to please over here at the Moon household. And, uh, and, <laughs> and some, sometimes we do okay. You know, sometimes we don't. But, uh, you know, it's uh, honestly, it just, it, it was, it was, I watched those games. I, n- I never really watched women's basketball that much. I watched because I liked Caitlin Clark a lot. Uh, I've seen her do the, you know, the, the hand thing in front of her face. And, uh, you know, and I saw all the attention she got. I thought she was a fantastic, I think she is a fantastic player uh, and, and is uh, a great really asset is. to the women's game. Yeah. And, you know, I, I just think that mm-hmm. uh, if you're going to do it and, you know what? She said the same thing. This is the way the game is played. I had take no offense to what she did, to what Angel Reese did. She should play that way. She should be that way. I don't, I did it. I can take it. Mm. It's no big deal. And that's the way you have mm-hmm. to do it. The mm-hmm. game is the game and then it's over. And at the end of the game, I believe I, there's pictures of them hugging. And so it's done, you know, mm. it's done. It's over. And mm-hmm. uh, I don't know. It, it just, uh, Oh, people, man, people. So, uh, but uh, I'm glad people took uh, <laughs> took it the way I intended, and may, maybe they'll uh, it'll it'll change some perceptions on things. So, let's, yeah, all right, let's all right. Let's uh, let's slide out of here. We're going to come back. Have so. Representative uh, Penny McClammy on with us uh, to talk about the the grocery tax bill and um, and and some other things that are going on in the state legislature. All right, we'll be back in a minute. Alabama politics this week. If y'all would do us a favor and uh, go, to, if you're on Apple Podcasts, go and rate and review our little podcast here. Uh, that would be very, very helpful for us. Uh, you know, people might pay us to do this. Uh, you never know. Yeah, but yeah, but let's not stop at Apple. Also, uh, you can do the same thing on Google Play, Amazon, yeah. and some of the more Android-friendly, uh, you know, platforms uh, as well. I forget that Dave is an Android guy. I am. <laughs> Me, I'm a conformist. And so, you know, go to Apple. But seriously, wherever you go, just do it. Just, just go and, and rate and review, and, and that would be very nice. Unless you're going to leave a bad one. Don't do, don't do that. Just don't, don't, that. don't leave a bad one. Thank you. Alrighty, welcome back. Alabama Politics This Week, Josh Moon, David Person, and we are really happy now to, to have with us Representative Penny McClammy, uh, represents a, a district in Montgomery that was a, once represented uh, by one of my all-time favorite state politicians, uh, her father. 
Thad McClammy, uh, who I, I think I've, t- I've talked uh, a couple of times about with uh, with you, David. I said when I said he was probably one of the guys that I respected the most, just for the way that he he always conducted himself. And and I mean, you 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 don't find there is nobody. You can find somebody that hates everybody in in the Alabama legislature, okay? But you can't find anybody that hated Thad McClammy, all right? That that even disliked him. I've never heard of anybody saying that I dislike Thad McClammy, and that is so rare uh, today. And and uh, and so his uh, his daughter has picked up right where he left off. I know I've heard from a lot of people who have also had a lot of interactions with you, and they they really like you. And so I I first wanted to ask you. Well, first of all, thank you for for coming on and spending a little time with us. Um, well, thank you for the invitation. Thank you for the kind words about my father. Sure, yeah. sure. But I wanted to ask you first, uh, before we get into the grocery tax and other things, how have things been for you in the legislature? How have you found people and what's the experience been like? Well, you know, the experience has been like I, I planned uh, what <laughs> I thought it would be like. Yeah. Uh, busy and hectic. You know, we first started out, I started last session, actually. And so that was a watch and learn session for me to kind of sit back and watch and see how things move and get to know people um, in the legislative. And so that was awesome. And then now we it's almost like a watch and learn, but still play at the same time right now because, you know, we have so many new members. And right. so it's a change of guard with new members here and getting just to know each one as well as you can. and. Uh, on a personal level and on a professional level. Sure, and so, sure. as you may were about to say earlier, we kind of spoke earlier that it's been a slow start um, when we first started uh, back on was the 7th of yeah. March. <laughs> yeah, it's already been a month into this thing. And, right, you know, right. and, and nobody's thought about anything so far. I'm like, no, well, you know, in the like meantime, we've got the state troopers and, and helicopters up in Tennessee at the state house every right. day. Uh, right. Yeah, yeah. You know, I remember I was at a judiciary meeting. I'm on the judiciary committee. And um, the first meeting that we had and Representative England said, well, we're going to be we're going to be nice today for our first our first meeting. I said, oh, we plan nice today. So, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. So yeah how about that? That now that we have moved from our special session into really the, we started we, right before spring break with the regular session, but continuing our regular session. But I think this week has been a very hectic week where people are, we're all trying to get our bills dropped, really, and get them heard. Yeah. Now, well, yours uh, is a particularly important one. Um, and, you know, the thing I, I know it was something uh, that that your dad again believed in a lot, and uh, uh, I, I want to say the originator of this thing, and maybe there was somebody before him, was John Knight. Um, I was about to tell you that. Yes, yeah. I always give to the former representative John Knight, and because he was the one that, as far as I know of, kind of started the conversation about taking taxes, sales taxes off of our groceries. And also I must mention um Representative Mary Moore from Birmingham. Yes. yes. She also played an instrumental role um with Representative Knight and afterwards and the elimination of the sales tax. And um on the Senate side actually um Senator Vivian figures. So mm-hmm. this nothing new. Uh yeah. Then I don't expect, I mean, maybe we may be lucky, but, you know, it's been going on and been talked about. And we've been talking about this for over 30 years, I would say. 
because I know dad was in the house for 27 and a half. Right. And this is over a 30 year conversation. Mm-hmm. And I think now there's more of a bipartisan um, decision that we do need to eliminate um, sales tax off of groceries. But I think the question is how. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's nice to see Republicans act like they discovered gold all of a sudden, right? (laughs) For thirty years. Hey, you know what we should do? We should remove the sales tax off of groceries. Yeah. How about that? Uh, Yeah. But I actually started um, right away when I um, ran and came into office last year. That was one of the main focal points, and everybody's like, "Well, where's your bill?" And I was like, "You know, I'm just one of those ones. I guess I get this from my father." is that when you put your name out there on a bill and you sponsor something, you want to make sure that you really thought through it and doing it right. I'm not one to just throw something out there to say I have my name on a bill, but I want to think through it, process, and really come up with the best approach, not just for myself, but for the state of Alabama and the citizens, because what is so much more important here is that what we do and the decisions that we make reflects what controls all of us and even myself. So we have to be careful and I just believe in planning and being strategic about things. Mm. Well, I'm curious to know, uh, <laughs> Representative, what is the <clears throat> what do you think the logic has been for opposing this? Um, why why has it been so difficult? Why is it why has this been a 30 year discussion as opposed to a a three year discussion? Well, I would say one reason, which I think is going to be a discussion this year. Um, One main concern I know is the education trust fund, because that sales tax uh, pours into the funding of the education trust fund, actually close to $600 million a year. And so when you talk about taking out $600 million a year out of education trust fund, the question is, how do you replace that money? Mm -hmm. And so that has been the question throughout the years. That was, we you know, we started tackling this as a step-by-step approach with a bipartisan approach last year mm-hmm. and having meetings and discussions with different organizations to see what was the best way. And that changes every day, actually, uh, as I say. So that's why we have a, another meeting right after this interview to discuss more about what is the best way. Because when you talk about $600 million out of Education Trust Fund, that's a big hit. And that has been the main concern. Now, one thing that we have as a plus for us right now is that we have a surplus of funds. And the question is, um, which is a question I've even had right now, you know, at first we were working on replacement, but then when we realized how much funding we had available, the question is, do we tax um, in another way to make up this um, this replacement fund when we have a surplus uh, or do we do something immediately and then at the same time try to plan later on for a replacement when it's time. Mm-hmm. And so those are things that we, we really thought, you know, our main goal initially was to do a replacement fund and we're still saying to do some type of replacement fund, but the, the big issue out there is how do you go about replacing the funds? Yeah. Sure. Approach that we so, were taking. I'm sorry, yes. Yeah, no, I was just going to ask you as a follow-up. Um, did it surprise you that Republicans, it didn't take long for Republicans to get on board? 
this session with this. Did that shock you in any way or surprise you? I have to, I guess I know. Uh, I think I'm surprised um, that they've been so forceful with it, but no, because I think we put so much traction and publicity on it the last few years and did so much research and studying that I think the sounding boards went out that we the outcry from the public made it more so an issue that is pushing driving it more so than anything is our public. And so that's why I always say that it's so important that the residents in this, of Alabama that they have a voice. And I know we are your map pieces down here, but we also need you here to speak out. And if not through the newspaper with you all um, and through the television through coming down here to the state house to public meetings so that you can put your own voice and make them turn you down in your face. But what they is right. And that's one thing I always tell people, you all hired us to do a job to be your mouthpiece. But we're one, and especially on the Democratic Party, it's only 28 of us out of 105 in the House of Representatives. And I, I don't say we can't do anything. I'm not that pessimistic to say, hey, we're just 28. We can't do that much. Because I think you can do anything if you really want to. And I think voices and people are powerful with your voices. And so you need the participation from the public. And I think because of the public outcry and the public response to when we were talking so much about it recently, the last two years, uh, it it pushed more of a notice to the Republicans to say, hey, we, we need to work on this because this is not something that's a Democratic issue. It's a citizen issue. Yeah, when good when good people like Will Ainsworth hear these of these needs, they I mean, you know, they get they jump right on board. Uh, as and I say that in jest because David always uh, <laughs> gives me a hard time that Will Ainsworth is my friend. Well, uh, I, was but, to, I was trying to keep a straight face at the <laughs> company, you know. <laughs> yeah, I understand. No, I, I, honestly, I, and, but I, and to his credit, Ainsworth has jumped on this uh, all of a sudden. And, you know, again, it's another one of the you know finding gold of people that <laughs> been has been in the legislature for years, you know, and around, and all and all of a sudden, it's just, this is a huge issue for him. But you know, so let me ask you this. Where where do you think uh, if you had to make a prediction? Where do you think things stand uh, right now? Uh, do you, do you think the bill is going to pass this session? I probably could answer that question better in a couple of hours. Yeah. Well, that's fine. though. No, that's fine. We're not going to hold you to it. We're not going to go. Well, McClappy told us that that was going to pass. What's happening? You know. Um, I can say this. I think it's going to be a big discussion. We've had a big discussion the last few months. And I think you're going to hear more of a discussion. Uh, one thing I'm not afraid to state is that I've said from the beginning, right now you have bills that have been filed that's looking at maybe like a one cent reduction, a two cent reduction. And, you know, I'm gung ho on the whole four, four percent. Uh, take the whole four. We can only do four cents, four percent out of the state and the other local and county and city governments. And so my book push, you know, I say, hey, go for the top and do a full repeal from the state. Uh, but, you know, once we go through everything, you have to go through your negotiations and amendments. But I would at least like to start off with the 4% if possible. And I think that's where we stand out different is that there's not a 4% on the table as of right now. Yeah, I, I honestly, uh, you know, we, we had uh, Anthony Daniels on. Uh, with us because we couldn't find anybody else that week. And, right. um, and, uh, 
Right. Yeah. And uh, and uh, and he uh, he mentioned, you know, that he, he has uh, the, the he wanted to do a holiday trial run of this right. thing. And um, uh, and and I thought I thought that was an excellent idea uh, because it kind of shows people what we all ex- suspect. And I assume when I say all, I just lump everybody in. Right. Uh, but I assume you, you believe, uh, too, that if you get if you take this tax away, people are going to spend that money elsewhere. And so the state is still going to recoup that 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 sales tax money off right. of the sales tax on other items that they're going to go out and buy, right? Right, exactly. Yeah. And, and we've talked about that holiday sales tax is not nothing that we've not seen. That's something that we probably will file also. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, you try to get as much as you can filed and negotiate to what you need. And so, like I said, my my issue, my goal right now is to probably try to do a 4% uh, with no replacement at this time. Because I do realize, and I was even, I was like, I can't even sit up here right now and say I want to replace this right this year because I'll be arguing myself at the podium. So, (laughs) yeah, that'd be interesting. I don't don't think we ever had anybody do that. I was like, I would argue myself down right about now if I made that statement, you know, after a couple of weeks ago. So, um, right now, I'm just looking at trying to get an immediate relief. Uh, whether it's two or whether it's four, and then um, start some type of task force so that we can look at the replacement fund because I do think it's going to be a need. We're not going to always have a surplus. Hopefully we do, but you know we need to plan down the road of whether or not uh, when funding is out from our surplus that we do have a means to replace that funding. That's what's most important. So that's what the goal that we're reaching right now. All right. Well, well, listen. Uh, I, we're gonna let. You, I know you got to run. You've got uh, you've got to get back to meetings and uh, and 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 talk about this and hopefully flesh this thing out and get it pushed through. And and yeah. so we're not gonna we're not gonna hold you up. But we do appreciate yes. you coming on and spending some time with us and uh, and answering some questions about what what's going on and uh, and really just glad that you're there and uh, and pushing these kinds of bills again. Amen. Well, thank you. Once again, I just appreciate you all having me on and coming on. And, um, you know, I always enjoy reading your articles, Josh. So, um, <laughs> not you, David. She doesn't enjoy your stuff at all. She doesn't like your stuff. That's it. <laughs> Take every edge you can get, man. <laughs> uh, listen, I, I know exactly. I, I really appreciate you saying that. And, uh, I do. Um, yeah. And so, I, I just feel honored and privileged that you all helped me once today, and I thank you for that. Well, we're glad to have you. Absolutely, that is Representative Penny McClammy, and uh, y'all, uh, y'all, y'all follow along with what she's doing, and uh, and and give her, you know, send her, send her a nice little letter or something that, and let her know please that you do, appreciate it. Uh, and yeah. you know, I always say I'm available. I'm a people person. I only have one telephone, so I will uh, let them know. You can reach me at three three four four one four seven three four five. Uh, I have one phone, don't have mm-hmm. many. So, you know, I want to stay in contact with the constituents because I don't know um, everything that may be on you all's mind, but you can always reach me so we can have a conversation because that's, like I said, I just speak for us, uh, for District 76 and also mm-hmm. for the state of Alabama. Okay. Well, that's nice. Uh, uh, you know, you probably shouldn't have given that out because now we're, we're you're about to get some call warranty, uh, car warranty calls. Uh, so, uh, but uh, yeah, it's, uh, but uh, uh, listen, thank you, thank you again for coming yes. on, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna slide out of here. We'll be back in just a minute. Alabama politics right. this week. Thank you. 
If you're hearing my voice, that means you are a fan of Alabama politics this week. And I want to tell you how grateful I am that you listen and that you're engaged with what Josh and I talk about every week. So I want to ask you to continue listening and uh, continue to support us and definitely reach out with ideas, comments, suggestions. Uh, Your support makes a difference and it means a lot. All righty. Welcome back. Alabama politics this week. Josh Moon, David Person. And uh, it was uh, it was nice of uh, Penny McClamey to come on and spend a little time with us there. She is uh, she's good. She's good people. Her uh, I've said many times now, her dad was uh, one of my all time favorites. He was such mm-hmm. a nice dude. He really was, man. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you, uh, if you ever got I've to never had the chance. No. no, never had a chance to. To meet him, but uh, but it's good to know, you know, we hear so much, you know, you hear so much negative stuff coming out of the legislature. It's good to to know that there are good, decent people there, still mm-hmm. there. And I don't care if they're Democrats or Republicans. I just, you know, it's good to know that there's some good, decent folks who, who are there who are trying to really, you know, do a good job and, and do what's in the best interest of the state. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. It is that. Um, and, and there are, there are, there still are some some folks there. I mean, they're mm-hmm. mainly Democrats. So there are a handful of Republicans I would put in that category as well uh, mm-hmm. that, that want to do a good job, that, that believe, even if we disagree on, on how they're doing it, I, I feel okay in saying I at least agree with them to to the extent that they're, they're, they believe in what they're doing is, is helping people and they're not just out there to help themselves. Uh, and I think that's a big difference. You can disagree on policy and on ideas and things of how to govern as long as, as I think the underlying sentiment uh, is that you, you believe you're helping people. You're, you're, you're starting at the bottom and you're, you're, you're trying to help people lift themselves up and you're doing things that do that. I mean, you know, I, I prefer things like, you know, tax cuts, you know, pu- pushing the, uh, where, where the income tax starting point is way up on the scale to, you know, people that are making over $50,000, say. Uh, and then if you have to increase the, the, the taxes on the wealthier to, to make up for that. Uh, whereas I think, you know, Republicans are, are going to lean more towards, you know, business incentives and tax cuts for businesses and encouragements to hire people uh, and train people and that, those sorts of things. Uh, it's, it's, it's a different approach. That's, that's all it is. But if you think, you know, that, that at least they're doing it in a manner in which helps people, that's, that's a big plus. I mean, there are, there are a lot of folks out there that, that we can look at and we all know who they are. You hear about them all the time mm-hmm. uh, that do things that don't help anybody but themselves mm-hmm. uh, that, that spend their time grandstanding and doing really hurtful, hateful things to people just in the name of, of getting votes for themselves, collecting votes for themselves. And that's the, those are the people that I have the biggest issues with uh, always. Um, and so, you know, um, you know, one of the things that we, we, we don't do, uh, a good job of, of saying a lot of times, and I know our producer puts these things in for us, uh, um, is you know, we, we, we used to all the time remind people to send questions. And a lot of people were very good at sending questions in, and, and we, we got some segments out of this stuff. Uh, Ryan sent one in last week, and I'm going to tell you how to do the same. You send it to APWproducer at gmail.com. That's APWproducer 
at gmail.com. Whatever question you have, uh, it gets forwarded on to us. And Ryan sent one in last week. And his, uh, his question was essentially, how can he find out about legislation uh, before uh, he, he reads about how this legislation has been argued and passed on the floor? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that is, that is tricky uh, because they don't make it easy. All right. Uh, there's no uh, there's no webs. There's no one place that you can go to and say, here's all the bills that are uh, that are about to go up for Florida. Right. Here are all the bills that are being introduced or whatever. Uh, you'll have to go on to the Alabama legislature side. That's uh, I believe it's still called Allison. Um, and what you're going to want to do is you're going to want to go and and look at the bills for this session. All right. And I'll, there'll be a ton of them. Uh, and then the only way to kind of track bill, I'll tell you the best way to go about it is, is to look at the committees every week and go down through the list of committees uh, that are meeting and pull the agendas. And on those agendas will be every bill that they are going to talk about in committee because every bill that goes to the floor has to first go through a committee that reviews it and discusses it and brings in experts to talk about it and all these sorts of things. So uh, that's what you want, you want to do. You want to look at those committee meetings and they're going to be, there'll be a number of standing committees. That's what you're, you're looking for. You're looking for standing committees uh, for the house, standing committees for the Senate. Look at that. Uh, and then on the bottom left-hand side, of the website. And when you're looking at it, your, your left hand, when you're looking at it, uh, down at the bottom, it'll say meetings. And if you click on the meetings tab on the front page of the, of the Allison website, it'll bring up all the committee meetings for that week. Uh, and you just pull up the agendas. Now I will say I went on there Tuesday, late Tuesday of this last week. And, um, I didn't see any agenda. Hmm. And I believe, if I'm not mistaken, that that is a violation of state law. Oh. I believe that they're supposed to have those agendas out within 24 hours. Oh. Uh, but I'm, again, I need to call somebody and ask about okay. this. Uh, because I, I, and I don't, I don't want to accuse them of violating state laws. Maybe those agendas were posted somewhere else. Mm-hmm. But. They should be posted on that website. They should be posted under the meetings tab out beside those meetings taking place because that is the public notice for those meetings is that website. So, uh, I mean, I'm, I, I need to look and see. I know that they, they had proposed some changes last session uh, to some of those meeting laws and regulations, but I don't know if that's one of them that fell underneath that or not. But um, it's... Um, you know, it, that's where you can find what's going on. So any any bill that's ever going to make it to the floor has to go through those committee meetings. All right. And so you can just kind of go back and look at what's what's gone through the committees and what what's yet to come through the committees. Uh, and you can do that. And you can go on there if you'd like and you can watch the debates. You, you click on there on the agenda and see a bill that you're interested in. You can you can and, a lot, and most of those meetings now, to their credit, they have live streamed the committee meetings in which they're going to be discussing a lot of this legislation. And so you can go on from your house and just watch it. There, um, and it's that link is right there on that out beside the meetings yeah. as well. There's also a website called Alabama Values where I think you can watch some. Um, leg- well, you can see some of the legislative activity. I, I, I don't know quite. Um, how much, how extensive it is, but 
but uh, I think some of the, certainly the main floor debates and discussions, yeah. I think you can see there as well. Yeah, I, you know, honestly, I find the committee meetings to be way more important, okay. and um, and 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 that you get way more out of them okay. um, than than you do uh, the the floor discussions most of the time. Most of the time, by the time it makes it to the floor, they've already decided what's going to happen, um, and there's there's very little upsetting the the process. The train has left the station, as they say. On most of that stuff, by the time it it gets to to the floor, um, and so it's the committee meetings where you see the real. You, you, that's where you get most of your really dumb and offensive comments. That's where you get most of your real, true interaction between constituents and and their legislators, because uh, regular folks can go and sign up to speak uh, on uh, in favor of a bill or against a bill when they have a public hearing. Uh, for that, so you all, that's the other thing that you want to look for. Uh, whenever there is a public hearing notice on those bills, uh, you can bet that there will be probably uh, some controversy uh, that, that's taking place. So, anyways, I hope I hope that helps. Uh, if uh, you know, just just Google up the Alabama Legislature and uh, and pull up the Allison website and and go and and just play around with it for a little while. And it's going to be some trial and error. It's not a it's not an easy website to navigate. Uh, it's easier than it once was. I'll say that for them. Uh, but it's it's still it's going to take you some time to kind of get get to feel for it and figure out figure your way around that thing. Uh, speaking of complicated matters, there is currently a lawsuit. Um, yeah. Uh, in the uh, city of Montgomery, it's uh, yeah. by a federal lawsuit filed by former police chief Ernest Finley against the city of Montgomery and Mayor Stephen Reed, in which uh, Chief Finley, uh, who I know, uh, who I liked uh, a lot, thought I really respected Chief Finley. Uh, and I really respect Stephen Reed as well. You know, we've had him on a couple of three yeah. times and, and yeah. I like him as well. Uh, yeah. But uh, uh, Chief Finley or former Chief Finley. Uh, alleges in this complaint uh, a a pretty big conspiracy uh, yeah. that took place to force him out of the job as police chief, in which uh, it began. I'll just give a quick recap. Uh, and now, this is all. I want to say this clearly. This is all according to the lawsuit filed by Finley. Okay, so when I say all these things, I want you right. to understand that these are the allegations coming from Finley. Um, it began when he uh, and his chief deputy uh, started an investigation of 12 officers within MPD for various violations. Uh, they ended up uh, finding that five officers out of those 12 had committed ethics violations that warranted firing. Uh, and he recommended that those five be fired. And uh, he couldn't fire them himself. He had to push this through the city council and the mayor's office. And the mayor mayor's office was, according to him, responsible for recommending to the council that these five officers be fired. According to Finley, uh, the, instead, the mayor encouraged those five officers to file complaints against Finley uh, with the city council uh, and then began a process of recruiting other officers to also file complaints against Finley. Uh, leading up to ethics charges that were ultimately filed uh, with the Ethics Commission uh, against Finley. Um, and in the process here, Finley claims that one thing that there was a problem was his promotion of his chief deputy officer, Jennifer Reeves. Uh, Reeves is a white woman. 
and uh, that that he claims that Reed took offense to this, and that also Reed wanted uh, black officers promoted uh, and given preferential treatment, essentially. Um, then uh, now uh, let me also say Ernest Finley is a black man, okay, and spent I want to say thirty years in Atlanta as a, a, a higher ranking officer in Atlanta. Yeah, I think he um, was there first. Yeah, yeah, and so uh, Finley then claims that um, he had to go to the, the, the ethics commission chief counsel came over. Um, can't remember that lady's name right off the top. Ralston, Cynthia Ralston uh, came over and, uh, and basically told him that he was, he could, he, he had two choices. He was either going to be charged with a felony uh, ethics violation, or he could agree to an administrative fine which is basically saying, I admit that I did a minor, uh, I had a minor ethics violation here that does not arise to the level of a crime. I'm going to handle it by paying an administrative fine. That's essentially what that would be saying. But it is ultimately admitting to committing this uh, th- this crime, I guess, I, or, or violation, not a crime, but a violation. And so he decided that it would be best for him to just take this violation because there was no way he could get out from underneath it um, or not risk the felony. And so he did that. And then the city used this uh, in a press release to say, you know, this, he had committed this uh, thing and, and Reed then used it to force his resignation. Um, he did not know that there was apparently exculpatory evidence that exonerated him of these charges that was in possession of the Ethics Commission at the time. And uh, I've written a story, and I don't know if we talked about it on here or not. About no, your story? No. no, 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 not this story, but the story about um, the lawsuit between the Alabama Attorney General's Office and the Ethics Commission, in which Steve Marshall is suing the Ethics Commission because Marshall says the Ethics Commission has a duty to provide to the people that they're investigating any exculpatory evidence that they come across, evidence that, hmm. you know, w- would basically say, hey, I didn't, you know, you didn't commit the crime. He says, he, Marshall thinks that the Ethics Commission has a duty to disclose that. Um, and the Eth- Ethics Commission does not think they have a duty right. to they, disclose They believe that that, yeah. that information is going to be presented regardless down the line somewhere and that you can, it, it's not their responsibility to have to do that. Yeah, and I think uh, that's crazy, but go ahead. Yeah, I do too. Uh, I, I I can't believe this, but I, yeah, I actually agree with Steve Marshall on this on this point. Yeah. Um, and um, I'm going to say, I, I I read the the city's response. The city's mm-hmm. response to this is uh, the police chief serves basically at the pleasure of the mayor, and the mayor can change police chiefs whenever he wants to. Um, and that's that's true. Uh, but yeah, but it's not a complete response. Uh, no. It's not a complete response. And I'm going to tell you, when I read that response, Josh, in your story, I thought, this doesn't smell right. And I really hate to say that because, as you said earlier, and as I think has been evident to people who listen to this podcast, we both like Stephen Reed. Yeah, we like him him as a mayor. Yes. But I'm telling you, that response is inadequate. It leaves a lot to be desired. It doesn't address the fundamental allegations. And it makes me think that that is a legally crafted response 
anticipating the fact that that somebody doesn't want to be caught in a trap of perjury. That's what it sounds like to me. Well, I'm just keeping it real. No, 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 no. I think you're very fair with what you've just said. Um, I just, so uh, what, what honestly makes me question it is you got to know when you're going to craft these responses like this uh, Mm -hmm. to me, you've got to, you've got to see the whole picture things. All right. And this isn't a simple case of uh, a police, a disgruntled former employee, right. uh, you know, filing a lawsuit because he's unhappy, even if he's got a, a reason to be, even if there was some conspiring that was going on within the police force uh, to make him look bad because he was bringing these officers up on charges. OK, even if that were true, what where where, where people are, are missing in that in that response, I think, is the portion of this related to the AG's office, okay? Because this now is a much bigger problem. They've taken this case before Finley ever filed this. They've taken this case and elevated it as an example of how the Ethics Commission is screwing over good people. That's basically what this is. You know, to boil it all down, they believe that the Ethics Commission has failed to, on at least two occasions, uh, Finley's case being one of them, uh, provide the accused person with exculpatory evidence that would have exonerated them and would have not led to them uh, uh, pleading basically guilty to this administrative fine. Uh, and so because Marshall kicked this thing, he said, no, we're not we're not we're not accepting the fine. We're uh, and we're dismissing these charges against Finley. He's already done that. And so he because he said this, this information completely exonerates this guy uh, from doing these things. So at that point, then now it becomes a whole other elevated issue that you have the AG of the state that's going to come in because, you know, he loves to screw with black mayors anyway. And Mm. so now you've got this whole thing where he is going to be on the offensive alongside your former black, your your former police chief who is black. Uh, And and so it's going to be you've got to say more than that now. You, you can't just leave it at that. You can't just leave it at this. You've got to say more to make people know, uh, to let people know, no, this was not, that's not what happened. This is, this is absolutely untrue. We're going to file a response pretty soon. You'll be able to see exactly what our position is on this. We had nothing to do with any sort of conspiracy. These are things that came from X, Y, and Z. And you don't have to be verbose about it. You know, you don't have to go on and on and on and, and lay out your whole defense, but you've got to say more than that, I think. So let's 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 do a little mathematics here. So we've got we've got this uh, this lawsuit coming from Findlay that has the endorsement of the attorney general uh, with the interesting racial components there. Mm-hmm. Then we've got the the leaked tape. Mm-hmm. Remember the leaked yeah. tape? They're still, and they're still leaking tapes, by the way. I got another one last week. Oh, did you? OK. Yeah. So you've got the tape leak scandal, plus you've got now this lawsuit scandal. Um, what's, your, what's your sense of, of, mathematically speaking, what's your sense of the decreasing odds that, uh, that, uh, that Stephen Reed's reelection campaign is in trouble? I'm not even going to get into yet the... the, the, the 
the legal, uh, the possible legal outcomes with the, with this lawsuit, because I think that's, I think it's too early for that. Even though, again, I do believe that that answer was really, really lacking. Yeah. But what do, what do you think this spells out for him, for for our friend Stephen Reed? I, I don't know of anybody that can beat. Honestly, I, I I don't. I don't. I mean, I you know, I've been surprised before, but you know, he he won the mayor's race pretty handily. You know, last time, um, the the folks that I think might could challenge him, uh, I, I I don't think a there's there's no white person that can beat him. All right, there, there's no there's no white person can beat him. There is a uh, there's an insurance agent in in uh, in Montgomery is a, a black man, um, relatively conservative black man. I think might have a shot. Uh, I is mean, he a Democrat? Is he a Republican? Uh, I don't. I don't know. But you know that there's no that that's a that's a nonpartisan seat. Yeah, it's well, a nonpartisan I position. It's not, well, I understand it's nonpartisan. Yeah. but you know that's still people are still going to judge him by I don't, whatever I don't, political label he carries. I, I want to say that this guy is is kind of in the middle. Um, you know, mm. and um, and he's he's one of those. He's one of those chamber of commerce type guys, you know, uh, very respected businessman, uh, you know, is friendly with pretty much everybody. Um, and and so, you know, I, I've heard his name kicked around a little bit, but I, I don't know how serious it is. And I don't know how how serious of a politician he could be. You know what I mean? There's a difference between everybody likes this guy and he's a good businessman. And, uh, you know, he could get on a stage and hold his own with with Stephen Reed for you know 30 right. minutes in a debate, which very right. few people can do that. Um, right. And so I, I think that um, I, I just I. I say all that to say I, I just I don't know who could who could possibly beat Steve in, in the city of Montgomery right now. Who is viable? You're not going to put a white guy up and do it. Uh, it's just it's just not going to happen. Um, and you know I just past that I, I I don't I don't know who who's out there that could really challenge. Uh, you know I think I think J C Love, who's the probate officer or probate court judge there right now, I think he could do that um, eventually. But I, I don't even I think even he kind of took a look at it and said, no, nah, I couldn't do it this year. And so he's going to he's going to rerun. Uh, and so I, I just, you know, I so ultimately, I guess I'm saying while this could be bad and a scandal, uh, certainly, and it may be something that pl- plagues him somewhere down the line. Uh, you know, let's say, for example, um, eventually Alabama Democrats win this case uh, before the Supreme Court and, and get that second district. Uh, as they should, uh, you know, and a second minority district in the state, yeah. which I think a lot of people kind of, uh, you know, behind the scenes, a lot of people have already basically anointed Stephen as the next, you know, congressman, uh, if that were to take place. Um, and, you know, maybe that hurts him in, in this. I don't I don't know. I mean, because you're going to have that that district is going to be. It's going to be close. You know, it's not going to be it's not going to be basically like the, the Terry Sewell district is right now okay. uh, where, you know, the, the outcome is not close. I think it's going to be a lot tighter. And if you have some folks that aren't going to show up to the polls for him, then I think that that could be that could be hurtful. But, you know, also. You settle the case, it goes away. Nobody says anything. You know what I mean? You think this is a settle? This is the kind of case that could be settled. Do you think Findlay would? Uh uh, would settle? I think everybody would settle at a point, don't you? 
Well, I mean, I, I you know, I, I mean, I would say, you know, the old what is the old axiom? Everybody has their price. Yeah. But, but, I would also argue that based at least my reading of your story, and that and your story is the only one I've read on this. But my reading of your story would lead me to think that there is a a a deeper like that like what was done was almost done out of conviction or something mm-hmm. personal yeah. that it's really not about that's what you're saying money yeah this yeah, is I, about get back this is about righting a wrong a perceived wrong or 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 defeating a a a um an enemy, you know, is what I kind of see this as. So, you know, I don't know if, if, if that's where the, if that's part of the impetus for this, then I would say there isn't going to be a price. that. Well, I'll say this. Here's, here's why I think there could be. All right. I don't know in the legal system. I don't know how far you can get with this lawsuit. Um, Because I think pretty quickly, the matter of the police chief serving at the pleasure of the mayor comes into, into, in, it, it becomes a greater consequence out of this whole thing. No matter what happened, what was done, whatever, whatever conspiracy there might have been behind the scenes to, to sully his name or whatever. Um, I, I think that you suing the city and, and the mayor, you've got to boil that down to, okay, so what are we saying here? And we're saying the the responsibility of the city and the mayor uh, lies in the fact that you terminated a person improperly because of X. And if you remove the fact that you don't have to even have a reason to do it, uh, you know, if you if you put that in the middle, I, I'm not sure that this stands past the first you know motion to dismiss. I mean, that's well, that's just I mean, I, I, me. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I mean. I, I can't sit here and say that that's impossible. I just, uh, I, I tend to lean the other way in terms of what, um, of what will be, what, what, what argument will ultimately prevail. And I just don't think, um, if they can, if they can, if they can, a substantial argument for conspiracy, I think that's going to really weigh heavily in a lot of people's minds. I think it's going to outweigh the, the whole idea of what the mayor has the power to do. Well, maybe I just I, I what I what I'll tell you where I don't know enough about I don't know mm-hmm. enough about what what constitutes a criminal conspiracy, uh, which mm-hmm. I think is what you would have to prove. And then the second thing is I'm not sure if the case that shouldn't have been filed is a defamation case uh, because I th- mm. that seems to fit more in line with what's going to take place here instead of a that's interesting EEOC okay. case. So, so, I mean, if you're, if you're saying he's damaged my ability to earn uh, a living, then I think that is, um, you know, maybe, maybe that stands up a little longer uh, and mm. you could bring in more parties to the lawsuit. You could bring in some of these officers that, you know, spread around the fake rumors and whatever. Um, so, and you could bring, the other thing is, uh, why in the hell isn't the, the ethics commission being sued? You know, hmm. you know what I'm saying? Why, why, if, if they were part, if the AG's office proved, like he, he claims in the lawsuit, the mm-hmm. AG's office investigated this and found a conspiracy between, uh, the ethics commission and the city of Montgomery officials. Well, why mm-hmm. in the hell is the ethics commission being sued? You know? 
so uh, could it be not- because they don't really have a uh, I mean well I don't know how that works but I'm thinking they don't have a they don't have a substantial budget. I mean, I guess the state would be the ultimate. Yeah, the, state would be on, the only thing I can think yeah. of is that they didn't have a responsibility in this issue. If, if he's following mm-hmm. an employment, uh, an employment deal, uh, you know, they, they weren't his employers. And so mm-hmm. they had no stake in this, but you know, I, I just, it, I, I did, honestly, I don't know. And I, and maybe the thing switches and it grows and uh, we'll see, but uh, it's a, it's a mess. It's a mess yeah. right now, uh, yeah. and I, I wish and, – and let me be clear. I want to be clear in what I'm saying, too, okay? Mm-hmm. I'm not criticizing uh, uh, Reed and, and people in the city because I think – I know that they're wrong for what they did to Chief Finley. I, I'm not doing that at all. I, what I'm saying here, and I think you are as well, is that the response that they've given out of this is lacking, and they need yes. to come out with something stronger and, and state their position on this thing because I think it's going to encourage it to grow in publicity yeah. if they if we don't do something pretty quick to you know to put a foot on this. Yeah, yeah, you're exactly right. That is what I'm saying, and I and I'm not and I'm not suggesting guilt here. I'm not also not suggesting innocence. I don't right. Know. Yeah, but I am saying that yeah. that's an, an inadequate response. I'm saying yeah. that. Right. And that's exactly what I'm saying, too. And and, mm-hmm. and also but and mainly because for me, at least mainly because I know there are other pieces to this thing that make this a bigger issue than just simply a disgruntled former employee, even a prominent one as a police chief. There, there are bigger issues involved in this because of the stuff with the AG's office and the Ethics Commission that they need to highlight this thing. They need to trump it up. They need to make to shine a light on it. And I think that they're going to do that. Um, mm-hmm. So. You know, I think that uh, they just we, we just need to get a little more from from the city on on this stuff. So, but before we before we do our right wing nut, uh, I had a guy come up to me today, earlier today. Uh, no, I'm sorry, it wasn't today. It was last night at an event. Uh, I, I don't know the guy. But he came up to me and um, he introduced himself, and he said uh, he said something complimentary about something, and then he said. And I listened to that podcast, that Alabama politics podcast. I really enjoy it. And I thought, oh, that's cool. That's cool. So that yeah. doesn't, I don't, I don't, I don't bump into a lot of people. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, this is a, this is a lay person. This is not somebody that's at least to my knowledge, he's not, you know, uh, well, I know he's not an elected official. Let me say right. that, uh, you know, but. But uh, somebody who's not in the business of politics, I'll say, you know, yeah. I don't bump into a lot of those people who who uh, say they listen. So I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm the honestly, I'm the exact opposite. Uh, most of the time, whenever I mm-hmm. go to events or, you know, I'm out with, with folks, you know, especially when they are, you know, political events and, and mm-hmm. not necessarily politicians, but voters and, you know, people that are engaged and stuff, I hear all the time from people who say they listen, you know, and, mm-hmm. uh, I, th- I honestly, it's, it's, it really surprises me a lot of time. And I'll tell you the ones that really surprise me are the Republicans, uh, that talk about listening every week yeah. and, and how much they enjoy listening and how they laugh at the stupid shit that we say. Uh, you know, when really they mean me, yeah, let's be honest. They mean me. Uh, and so, uh, you know, but uh, it's, uh, you know, I, I, I get it a, a lot. And I mean, I think we can see it kind of in the, you know, in the numbers and the people that, that leave ratings and things like that, which by the way, y'all are welcome to go and do and you know, mm-hmm. leave a rating on our, wherever you can leave ratings for us. And, you know, unless they're bad ratings and don't, don't do that. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, you know, right. it's, 
Yeah, it's uh, nice. And so, uh, and and the one thing that I hear the most things about are the, is the right wing nut segment. People love the right wing nut segment um, because they most often agree. Uh, and and you're going to agree with this one uh, because our right wing nut this week are all of these people that are blowing up their Bud Light cans on social media and taking photos of them throwing away and burning Bud Light boxes and stuff. What, you people are such morons. My God almighty. What are y'all doing? Uh, I mean, it, it's, uh, yeah, I think. Let's talk know. about why they're doing uh, but, this. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Let's talk about why they're doing it. Um, they're doing it because Anheuser-Busch has decided that they, you know, they're okay with Pride Week or Pride Month or, or whatever it is. And they've partnered yeah. up with a trans woman uh, to do some ads and stuff. And, uh, oh, it's the snowflakes cannot take it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I, I saw some, I saw somebody called them chicken fried snowflakes, which is just perfect. Um, chicken fried snowflakes. That's yeah, funny. I it like is, that. It is. And I mean, there are, oh, there was a video of Kid Rock, uh, shooting up Bud Light oh, cans. With it. I mean, Kid Rock, my God. Um, I wish he would do, I feel the same way about him the way that uh, Laura Ingram felt about LeBron James. I wish he would just shut up and sing. Just shut up and rap. Shut up yeah. and sing. Yeah. It's like the Dixie Chicks. Yeah, shut up and sing. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, Except no, for it, the fact that I really don't feel that way. I think he's got a right to express himself, but. I mean, but he is, but he's a, but he's a moron though. He is. He is. And I mean, honestly, it's, I didn't know, I had no idea about this. And I saw a Twitter post from Jason Isbell that was making Mm. fun of the kid rock uh, deal. Mm. And, uh, and he's, and I was like, I, I have, I'm lost. I can only assume, uh, that the folks at Budweiser have somehow encouraged people to not be assholes to some group. Mm -hmm. And this is the response from the assholes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and that's exactly what it is. I mean, there's so, what, there was a, there was another, I saw a, uh, I saw a TikTok thing from a guy, uh, who was looking at somebody watching someone else's TikTok. Uh, and this guy, this other person's TikTok was, uh, him backing over Bud Light cans in his jacked up Chevy truck. Wow. And, and at the end of the thing, <laughs> at the end of this, the, the, uh, the guy, the other guy, uh, posts a, a photo of a of a, a flyer from Chevy saying we we celebrate Pride Month uh, and it's like you had the rainbow thing. Apparently <laughs> 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 not going to blow up that truck, I don't guess. But uh, I, I mean, it's just you know what I'm saying. At, at this point, yeah. a lot of these people have isolated themselves from so many yeah. things. You know, they can no longer watch the NFL, the NBA, Major League Baseball, any award show, uh, whether it be for movies, TV, or music. Right. Um, you know, that they, they can't listen to. 99% of the artists out there uh, they can't watch movies starring 99% of the actors. I mean, basically they're just sitting around watching James Woods on Hallmark channel is the only thing right. I can figure, but <laughs> that's funny. I like that I, line. I mean, so, you yeah. know, you know, it, it is, it is ridiculous how, uh, well, you know, my, and the thing that I think really, uh, is, is, uh, <laughs> it's, it just makes me laugh even more is that, you know what? Transgender people aren't going anywhere. They're not going yeah. anywhere. In fact, yeah. in fact, they've always been with us in some form or fashion anyway. Yep. You know, before the surgeries were available and all of that, 
You know, since there've always been transgendered people around, they're not going anywhere. And I'm seeing more and more transgendered people, you know, on television and commercials. And I mean, they just, you know, just let yeah. people live their lives, man. You don't, yeah. if you, if it's not something that you're down with, you don't have to, you don't have to marry a transgender person. You don't have to go into business with a transgender person. You can you can just live your life free of transgender people if that's what you want to do. Nobody's yeah. forcing you to watch these commercials or TV shows or award shows, you know? Yeah. It's, yeah I mean, listen, we all put up with y'all and y'all are a bunch of assholes. I mean, if we can put up with y'all, then y'all can certainly put up with transgender people just trying to live, you know? Yeah, we've been living with bigots for for, for all, my, yeah. all my life I've had to put up with bigots. So Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, if yeah. we've got to deal with you dumbasses, then y'all can deal with a few people that, you know, <laughs> that you don't aren't comfortable with, okay? So, drink your yeah. Bud Light and drive your Chevys and shut up. All right. That's uh we're going we're going to slide out of here. Uh, until next week, y'all be safe. Peace.